Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in to Soul Food with Sadie. I am so excited for another episode on season two over limited beliefs and mindset shifting. I am very honored to have another special guest who is the coach's coach. She has overcome childhood trauma, molestation, and she helps individuals overcome trials in their life. We have Mrs. Lisa Santiago. How are you? I'm so honored to have you here. Tell me about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sadie. I think that you're awesome. I can't wait to get it in with you. I am Lisa Santiago McDeal, and I am the coach's coach. I do believe that our uh, trials and issues that we've gone through in our lives have actually created muscles that we would not have had if we had not endured them. And I help individuals who primarily go on to become coaches and consultants to tap into what it is that they've learned so that they can then share those great purpose-filled muscles with the world. And I am looking forward to sharing more with you. Yes, that is good. I've never heard it put like that because when we work our muscles, we build them up. So that was just awesome. So can you tell me how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So that's a that's a long or a short answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it really, every one of us started out in a place where they were presented to the world. Now, the goal was that you were born and presented to the world in a favorable way. That does not always happen. When I was born, I was born to a very, very young mother who had not been protected and provided for herself. So when she was uh, gifted me, she was not in a place to provide or protect me. And at a very, very young age, I actually remember as young as two years old, I have been not just uh, managing myself, but also my younger sibling as well. What that actually did, though, was created both a responsibility and a feeling of guilt that probably should not have accompanied that age. Because as I was trying my very best at two and a half years old to care for someone else, I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the ability. I was a baby taking care of a baby. And because of that, I actually hurt my sibling unintentionally and carried that for a long time. I actually gave her spoiled milk that upset her stomach and made her very sick. Mm. And I blamed myself for a long, long time. But that actually didn't, that didn't come out or come about as as a part of the memories and history until life continued to add negative, negative, negative upon negative. Um, Finally being taken care of or finally being put into a home. We went from house to house to house to house, from caretaker to caretaker to caretaker, to finally get in a place of what could could be considered stability and love with the the exception of the fact that there was a predator who also lived there. And so trying to, you want to maintain the love that you have. Mm -hmm. And you, even very, very young, you realize that there's some battles you got to fight to keep this peace, right? So there was some situations that I felt like I had to withstand and endure with the abuse and the molestation in order to have the benefit of having a roof over my head, the love of the 
the primary caretaker and to have protection for myself and my sister. So it kind of led me into a place where I just felt like I had to do what I had to do. Mm. And so you do what you have to do to survive. Finally, though, I think I, when I turned about 13 years old, it, it was enough was enough. Mm-hmm. enough was enough. It was at the point where, you know what? I can't have this anymore in my life. I'm not keeping my sanity. I'm not keeping myself or my sister safe. I got to go mm-hmm. because if I stay here, I'm going to kill somebody because yeah. it's just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much at this point. And ultimately ran away. I ran away after my eighth grade graduation. Um, I did continue in school, living house to house to house to house and doing everything that I had to do to stay alive. I worked full time at that age in Burger King. Wow, yes. But quite honestly, it was, uh, people talk about like, how did you become an entrepreneur? Because I am a full-time entrepreneur, very successful for the past five years, but it didn't start out that way. It started out survival rather than entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and just wanting to live and to survive. And finally realizing that school wasn't doing it for me and I couldn't earn the money that I needed to be to be independent. I needed to do something. And between sex and 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 hustling and everything else, you do what you have to do to mm-hmm. do what you need to do, which is why my ministry now with Women Empowerment Networks, which is the nonprofit end of my business, it really is about helping women to identify what their skills, gifts, and talents are so that they can make better decisions for their own independence. Wow. Right. If I knew that I could do something other than have sex and hustle and, you know, fulfill whatever whim somebody needed in order to be able to find favor, to stay with them, Mm -hmm. then I would have done something different. So it's really, um, that's not even the whole story. That's the cliff notes, but I just really believe that as women, if we can get to a place where we can learn how to earn with our skills, gifts, and talents, that's truly economic independence, which is empowerment. It gives us an opportunity to stand on our own two feet and make decisions in our best interest versus making decisions just because you have to. Yes. Wow. That is powerful. What I took from that is at two years old, you had to learn how to survive. So because that that root was planted, that seed was planted and it began to grow from two all the way to 13, you had to survive through life and you built your business off of survival first. But you somewhere along the line, you shifted your mindset and now you're thriving in that area. Can you tell us about some limited beliefs that stood in your way when you were shifting your mind from from surviving to thriving in your business? Absolutely. Limiting beliefs are something that are like weeds. Um, You have to consistently get rid of limiting beliefs. They're, they're, they're not, it's like taking showers, right? You can't take a shower today and expect that same shower to be working for you at the end of the week. You have to continue. Those limiting beliefs of value and self-worth were definitely limiting beliefs that had to be broken through understanding that you have value, that you are important, not just for yourself, but for the world. There are things that this world could not and will not have if you didn't finally step out in your truth, 
in who and what it is that you are. Those limiting beliefs along that come along with finances were extreme as well. There was never enough. So you begin to believe that there is never enough, mm. that there's no such thing as enough. You begin to limit the fact that there is abundance everywhere and you have to shift that thinking mm. and to, to begin to learn and understand that it is what you believe it is and it is what you can see in your mind's eye. And that if we have to change where we are in order to physically and psychologically and spiritually, I might add, yes. get to where it is that we are supposed to be, we get to do that work. You don't have to do it. You don't have to. You can stay exactly who you are, where you are right now. But if you want more, you get to put in the work, the energy, the effort, the coaching, the praying, the all of these things to get exactly what it is that you need. That is so true. In order to shift your mindset, I'm so thankful that we have freedom of choice because I believe if we were all forced to do it, we would have individuals that's really bitter and angry about it, you know? But when we have the choice, we can go in it gracefully. We can go on it knowing that abundance is ours. So I'm so thankful that we have that choice. Did you ever think that those beliefs in your finances and in your spirit and mind will ever hinder you from where you are today, getting to where you are today? Did I think that they would hinder me? So when they were hindering me, I thought that that was all that there was. Mm. When they were hindering me, they were the reality, right? So the reality is the perception that you have decided to embrace. It was when I decided to embrace another reality That's that I began to create that reality. That is so Repeat that for the people that didn't hear that. That was just so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. It is when I decided to embrace that reality is that when is the, is when I began to accept that reality. When I embraced it, I did everything that had to be to create it. Mm. And some and that's why it's so important for each person to operate in their strength, in their testimony, in their ability because everybody can't learn from everybody. It might be the same message, it might be the same truth, mm. you know, but they cannot hear it until you say it. Yeah, And that's why when I coach coaches, when I help them to evolve into the messages they're bringing, it's so important to bring about authenticity. Yes. Because the authenticity is more important than the message. Come on. The message is consistent. The message is biblical based, it's spiritual based, it's financial based. It's, you can have everything. You can have all things. But the truth is you have to be able to recognize the truth from the person saying it. And that means it has to be in your voice, in your language, in yeah. a way that you can hear it so that you can begin to believe it because what you believe, honey, when you believe what you believe, you can make things happen. Come on. You can manifest greatness. You can manifest amazing things. You can begin to manifest the, the, the finances that you need, the mate that you need, the stability that you need. You can manifest everything. But the first step to that is believing that it is possible. Mm. Whatever you embrace, 
If you embrace the struggle, if you embrace the poverty mindset, that is going to be your reality. But yeah. if you embrace the abundance, if you embrace, embrace the healing, that is going to be your reality. That is so good. That, that helped me out too. Thank you so much. That was a nugget. I hope y'all got that gem because that was really good. Thank what does you. mindset transformation mean to you? Mindset, so th there's a lot of ways to put it. It could be a rebirth, a spiritual rebirth, an emotional rebirth, but think about it in terms of reprogramming. Yeah. There are things that we have learned that we accept as truth, that we don't question. Mm -hmm. You know, money don't grow on trees. Um, it takes hard work to do X, Y, and Z. We, the, we've embraced these things. Mm -hmm. Now, if you begin to reject certain things that have been true and replace them with what you want them to be, you can begin to manifest them in that manner. There used to be the belief, I think, I think we've finally broken through this, this belief that you go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, and then retire after 40 years, and then you can finally live your life. That was a lie forever and ever yes. and ever. And not only was it a lie that was fed to us, but we were trained to brainwash the next generation. We were trained that not only do you keep this lie, you perpetuate this lie. So now what better truth is it to manifest greatness, to teach our children that you can be, do, and have anything that you can conceive, that there is no possible limit to the greatness that is within you. Now, some of us have begun, have begun to do that, and we get, we get to set boundaries in that, because I, I believe that even in that extemporaneous, most beautiful and glorified vision, hmm. we've gone to the opposite side of the pendulum. You could be, do, and have everything. This is true, but we haven't created any structure. Mm. And that has created a, a, an atmosphere, if you will, of disrespect and of lack of humility. And so understanding that there's good to be taken from both extremes mm -hmm. that we can put together and create the life that we desire. We get to design our lives specifically even in the tapestry that I keep in my office, I just moved it to my office. I used to keep it in my bathroom because I want to keep it in front of me every day. I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and not of evil that you will have a desired end. If it's all been planned for my good, then I get to walk after good. Yeah. I get to expect good. I get to operate in good, in abundance, in more than enough, in less than lack in exceeding abundance. And I get to choose which ones of these truths are applicable for me. The coach's coach had spoken and she read you guys, Jeremiah 29 and 11. I lived by that scripture and it's so beautiful to see others truly live by that scripture. What I took from that is get something deep down in your spirit that resonates with you, that you can, it'll motivate you and you can fight to, to make those things happen in your life from just reading that. It might not be 
Jeremiah 29 and 11. It might be different from you, but whatever it is, get it deep down in your spirit so that you can grow, so that you can transform your mind. Can you give us a time, like, can you walk us through a time where you really had to shift your mindset to get to this place of peace, to get to this place of prosperity? Because we want to (laughs) know. It makes me laugh. So when when I transitioned, when I moved my life from the city, I grew up in New York City to Charlotte, North Carolina, I still had a lot of baggage. Had a lot of baggage I was bringing with me, including my drug use baggage, mm. including that drug use baggage. But the good news is, and I don't know, if, I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but it, that ain't my problem. You have your okay. truth, I have mine, right? Yeah. So even while I was in my mess, my trials, my promiscuity, prostitution, drug use, and everything, I still had a very intimate relationship with God very intimate. He was right there alongside of me. I didn't always heed what he said, but I heard him and he heard me. We had conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I am on my journey moving from from New York to to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I began to think about all the things that were going to be new. This is all that's going to be new. People don't know me. I don't bring, I don't have to bring my past with me. I don't have to worry about proving myself. I am new. You know, I have a new life, a clean slate or whatever. And I was in the passenger seat and I was getting high having this conversation. Mm. And then just as loud as loud, like a boom, God said, mm, you taking the old with the old you on a new journey. Wow. And I was like, well, dang. (laughs) Yeah, you can't put old wine, a new wine in old wineskin. So I actually folded over what I was doing and I turned to the driver and I said, I don't get high anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was literally the moment. And I turned it over and that was it. That was 26 years ago. I did not touch it again. There was, there was like, it was like a road to Damascus experience for me. Mm. So if anything, the the term born again or or being saved and all of that, it it doesn't resonate with me as much as Paul's road to Damascus experience, Mm -hmm. because that implied that there was a meeting before there was a conversion. Yes. Oh, right. So I met with God. I met with him. I knew him. He knew me for a long time before I heard him talking clearly to my situation. Now, that doesn't mean I needed an introduction. That means that I needed to see. Mm -hmm. I needed to hear. And so it was in that moment that shifted. And my life shifted, my everything shifted. I went from, I had been living from pillar to post. I had been doing everything that I could do back in New York. When I moved here within two, within three days, I had found a job and an apartment mm-hmm. within three days. And that's like a resurrection experience, right? And then I started working. I spent another two years working on that job. And then I started my career in corporate and I worked there in a Fortune 500 company in the higher ranks of management for over 17, for 20 years. Wow. And so when, when that, when that opportunity presented itself, 
it was like, okay, I can do anything. I can do anything, which was what made it really compelling when at the end of my journey in corporate, I had so much latitude. I'm so grateful to God for how everything worked out. I did nonprofit work. I had extended time off to commit to, you know, all of these different things to helping people, helping women, particularly build and grow. And then once again, loud voice, when will you trust me? Wow. From God? Because it was time to transition from the safety net that I never had growing up to now, I didn't realize that it was a safety net because I didn't have the credentials for that job. God put me in there. I didn't have, you know what I'm saying? I, there was a lot of things that <clears throat> I was still attributing to thank you, God. This is your grace. This is your mercy. And he said, no, you don't have faith in me now. You have faith in the first and the 15th. Ooh. That's paydays, the first yeah. and the 15th. He said, I want you to trust in me. Come on. I want you Come to on. step out with these gifts of resilience, with these gifts of understanding, with these gifts of project planning, producing and publishing with these gifts. I want you to step out and use them now to help somebody who's been through, gone through or going through something that you went through and didn't think that they would ever amount to anything. Use that information now to encourage, uplift, inspire, and empower them to take control over their own life. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Somebody needs to be running around the room right now. Somebody needs to be running around the room. The coach's coach stated God was still using her when she was in her mess. All I kept hearing was that was just a process to your purpose because now your purpose is being fulfilled. Yes. So if you did not go through that mess, how can you even be used? Here's the thing about the mess, right? The thing about the mess is think about them scholastically. Think about them as the classes that you need to graduate that you would never sign up for. These are the classes in your doctorate program that you don't want to take. Nobody don't want that teacher. Don't nobody want that class. But there is gold in that class. There is nuggets. There are muscles to be made in those situations. And when I look back as I had to process forgiveness for a lot of the circumstances mm. that, that happened, as I go back, I realized that I gained so much that I would have never known how to do, be, have, or become if I had not had those experiences. Yep, that, that, is, that is so true. I, I just want somebody to really get it in their spirit because the, the beauty in what she said was even when she was in her mess, like even when she was in her mess, God never ever left her side. He gave her grace to go through that because she could have been killed in her mess. But God gave her grace to go through it because he's seen the bigger pictures. Sometimes we don't see the bigger picture. Sometimes we don't think that we can go to God and we can pray and we can talk because we in the middle of our mess. But she's a testament of someone that in the middle of her mess, she never let God go and God never let her go. And he graced her. 
And look at her now. She is on here inspiring. Got so much light in her life. I wish you guys could see her. And it's just a beautiful thing. I'm just honored to have her on the podcast. I'm honored that she is planting seeds in you guys. I'm going to just call you coach's coach because it's just so powerful. At what point did you realize that that mindset was hindering your life and that if I don't get out of this, then it's over for me? Well, to be quite honest, it's, I think it's just like Les Brown says, you got to hit rock bottom. Mm. Rock bottom is a great place. I know it feels like a sad place and don't nobody want to be there, but rock bottom is sometimes the catalyst to finally deciding enough of this, enough of this rock bottom will let you realize that there is so much more for you to do, have, be, and become. Like you look at the situation, you look around and you say, you know what, this ain't it. So for for me, there've been series of rock bottoms. It's not just one time. Every time you go to a new level, you hit another bottom, you hit another place um, that you realize that, you know what, this is not for me. This is not what I want. This is not where I wanna be. So for the, the first rock bottom, I mean, the rock bottom from the transition to New to New York to Charlotte was the drugs. It was the moment in the drugs. I had stolen. I had taken everything I could. I had loaded it up on a U-Haul. We are driving to North Carolina. And here I am still doing the same mess that got me where I was in New York. It's time to do something different. Oh. So that was a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And then the next rock bottom, when I talk about my transition from corporate into uh, coaching, that rock bottom wasn't easy and it wasn't seamless because even though I heard God clearly about I had to leave and it was time to go build and do, it was still me trying to be strategic about it. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm not asking you to be strategic. I'm asking you to trust. Mm, And it got to the point where I couldn't even understand the things that I had been doing and teaching and training for years, it was like another language to me. It didn't even make sense anymore. So I had to take time off to deal with that. Mm. I had to take time off and it was just the time kept going and it was time to go. It was time to leave. And then just just each rock bottom comes to the place where you know nobody's going to do it but you. That's the real rock bottom. When you realize if I don't do it, it won't get done. And whatever the it is, it's got to be important enough to save your life. Powerful. Whatever the it is, it has to be important enough to save your life. Whatever the it is, it has to be important enough to save your life. Let that sit in your spirit for a while. Think about what y'all it is. It might be your children. It might be your career. It might be your health. Whatever it is, let it be important enough to shift your mindset so that you can save your life. So I see that you let your mindset help you get through these obstacles in life. Can you tell us why it's important that our mindset is at the right place in order to get through obstacles in life? That um, So our mindset is, is a product of the getting through. It is the thing that gets us through. It is the thing that shifts us. Whether your 